It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we discuss the recent changes to the Michigan basketball rosters, men's and women's, the latest on hockey coach Mel Pearson, and recap Michigan's showing in the NFL draft. Right now, on Wolverine Confidential. Guys, good to be with you here, May 4th, uh, morning here, Wednesday. Uh, Yeah, it's been a while since all three of us have been on a pod. Yes? Seems like it has been. And thank you for saying may the fourth, not saying may the fourth be with you. I mean, uh, I'm a Star Wars guy, but it's kind of played out at this point. So I appreciate you you not saying that. Uh, Zook, you just said it. All right. Yeah. Well, but (laughs) at the risk of losing, I don't know, some of a hand, you know, some of our very small number of listeners, I've never really seen the Star Wars movies. I mean, like the three, the first three to come out. Yes, I've seen like parts of them, but can't say I've ever seen them. Start to finish. I'm in the same boat as you. Not not a big Star Wars fan. I think I've seen one of them, but this didn't uh, tickle my fancy. Yeah, I won't say I'm not a fan. I just never, just never, never gave it a chance, even really. But anyway, here we are. A uh, lot to talk about. I guess we'll, let's start with let's start with hoops. You know, the Michigan basketball roster is is changing and can continue to change. Uh, so right now we know uh, Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston, two freshmen, are are in the NBA draft. They've entered it. They have until June 1st uh, to remove their names and retain their NCAA eligibility. Um, the NBA draft combine is in a couple weeks. Uh, there's a report out there uh, that, that Diabate has been invited. Um, I haven't seen anything on Houston yet. I, I would think he'd get an invite too, uh, but we'll see. You know, Those are good measures of kind of where, where you stand. If you don't even get an invite to that, it's probably not not good as far as you know your your hopefulness of getting drafted you know as high as you want um but yeah just because you get invited doesn't mean you're 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 gonna get you're gonna get drafted or you know where you drafted where you want so we'll see what ends up happening with those two um you know otherwise if if they both come back michigan's roster is is full as far as you know scholarships um and that is after you know they brought in a transfer uh jalen llewellyn uh, you know, committed to Michigan late last week. He is a graduate of Princeton. So another Ivy league point guard coming to Michigan. Um, Mike Smith. It's, this is getting incredible, man. Like every year, this is, oh man, I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah. My, Mike Smith, of course, the other one, a couple of years ago, uh, and, and Llewellyn is a point guard. Uh, there seemed to be some uncertainty, uh, on the Twitters at least uh, about that, but, um, I'm gathering some, some info on him right now for a story to come later this week. And, and yeah, he's, he's a point guard. Uh, he was an all Ivy league first team selection this past season. 
15.7 points per game, 4.1 rebounds, two and a half assists. He shot 38% from three. Um, again, story to come, but, you know, kind of teasing it. He, he's athletic, really good score, good in transition, you know, good in ball screens. Um, Princeton wasn't anything special defensively as a team, but, you know, coaches seem to think that Llewellyn is, is capable uh, at that end. So, you know, a nice veteran, you know, presence getting brought into the program um, after, you know, you lose the, the starting backcourt of, of Eli Brooks and Devontae Jones. Um, of course, the day after he commits, uh, Frankie Collins enters the transfer portal. Um, and, you know, this one, you know, I wrote about this. I, it, it seemed to hit a little bit different for Michigan fans, you know, that I heard from in, in various forms uh, for for a few reasons. I think, you know, he, he was a freshman uh, only and he, and he showed good promise, especially, you know, at the end of the year, stepping up in the NCAA tournament when, when Jones was out. Uh, you know, he's an exciting player as far as, you know, his, his ball handling and his finishes at the rim and things like that. Um, and then also he, he's the first, you know, Jawan Howard recruit to leave. I mean, he's not the first player to transfer under Jawan Howard, but he's the first who was, you know, recruited by Jawan Howard and this co- coaching staff, as opposed to some of the other guys that, um, you know, were, were inherited from, from John Beeline. So, uh, yeah, makes it a, feel a little bit different, a little bit surprising, but, um, you know, I try to get into maybe why it happened and, uh, yeah, Michigan essentially trades Collins for Llewellyn. I don't think that was their idea. That wasn't, they, they didn't know that would necessarily happen, but in the end, that is what happened. It seems like at this point, like the, the program is as a preference of older veteran guys that they, they trust more than trying to develop the, these younger guys at the point guard position. I don't know if, if that's, is that, that's something that you're gathering, but it's what three years in a row now that they've stooped up a point guard in the, in the transfer portal. Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, Xavier Simpson, you know, was a point guard of this team for, you know, three year starter. Um, and then yes, he leaves and, um, you know, they bring in Mike Smith grad transfer and then the same thing with uh, Devonte Jones. Um, yeah, certainly it helps to have experience at that position. And if you can avoid the the growing pains um, and skip right to that, like, I guess, why not? Um, yeah. I mean, you, you'd like to, you'd like to be able to do both and still develop the, the guys you have, but you know, so be it. I mean, this is not, this is not some, you know, epidemic at Michigan or whatever, you know, every team right. has two or three transfers a year, basically by average. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where, where Michigan finds itself. Um, you know, he is a third, the third player from Michigan to, uh, you know, transfer this year. Um, you know, the other, the other two, uh, Zeb Jackson did it in season and, and landed at VCU. Brandon Johns Jr. Did it, um, you know, after the season also at VCU, but you know, there was no, we knew he wasn't coming back to Michigan at least after, you know, playing four years. So uh, yeah, well that that's, that's kind of where, uh, where things stand. So um, I don't know. It looks like it could be a, you know, promising team with, you know, you know, Hunter Dickinson's coming back. Um, but of course a lot will hinge on uh, the decisions of, of these two guys that are, that are in the NBA draft. Um, and if, you know, one and of if them, they land a money Bates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I wrote about that too. It does not, <laughs> You know, guys put out these lists and sometimes, you know, the, the, the school isn't interested. Sometimes the player isn't really interested, but they you know they're just they're, they're throwing them a bone or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, from what I could gather, as far as Monty Bates in Michigan, um, do not expect that to happen. Um, so we'll I see. I can't tell you this offseason how many basketball recruits I've seen tweet like 
their list of interested schools and it's literally like 30 long it's, it's gotta be like every team it's like dm them or contacted them or whatever the case oh yeah when be. they enter like, into the transfer portal yes yeah. yes it's right i mean it's exactly things are happening with the roster again if 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 you know diabate and or houston um stay in the draft um you know michigan could could you know, go to the portal, uh, you know, to potentially fill those spots if they want to. So we'll see how it all, uh, shakes out. Um, you know, the women's team has some, has some changes too. First of all, they, ha- they have a new assistant coach. I think that's new since our, our last episode, uh, Aaron Bath from NC state, uh, you know, ACC champs, they were number one seed in, in this year's NCAA tournament for, you know, had an epic game with, with UConn to, to get to the final four. Um, they lost that one, but, um, you know, very comes from a very solid program. Um, you know, she replaces Carrie Moore, who, who left after one year to take the head job at Harvard. So she'll come in as an assistant and the, the recruiting coordinator. Um, so, yeah, that's they, they've they've filled that spot with someone that looks pretty capable. Um, and they also got they got a transfer as well. Uh, Greta Camp Schrader, a uh, former top 40 recruit, uh, a former McDonald's All-American. So she's the first McDonald's All-American that will ever play for the Michigan women's basketball program. She comes over after one year at Oregon State. Um, you know, the numbers there were not, were not great. Um, you know, the, the shooting number is not particularly high, but again, you know, freshman year, whatever, there's a, there's certainly a lot of talent there to work with. So, you know, Michigan's excited about getting her and they have, as we all know, a lot, a lot to replace from last year's team. So, um, that, you know, in addition to the freshmen they bring in, uh, you know, she should, she should help there as well. We've got Mel Pearson watch continues. Uh, I guess you guys probably t- you most recent podcasts, I think might've been without me. Um, Ryan, where do things stand? Cause here we are, as we said, May the 4th, uh, he's not the coach, but he's not, not the coach. <laughs> yeah. Is he the coach? Is he? The, yeah. <laughs> Michigan has, has a coach, but the coach is not under contract as of right now, <laughs> which is, it's really just a, a crazy situation and, and it, it continues to get, uh, drawn out even longer. I mean, yeah, like I reached out to a Michigan spokesperson on April 29th, a day before his contract expired and said, Hey, like, what's, what's the deal is, is, is Mel Pearson still the head coach? And, and the spokesperson said, yeah, he's our head coach and we will broadly communicate any changes to his contract when that is finalized. I'm like, Oh, all right. So are you guys, is there talks of an Mm -hmm. extension? He said, yeah, they, they are ongoing. Um, when the timeline for that, I have, he didn't have any update for that, but it sure sounds like Michigan and Pearson are working on, uh, on a new deal after hours, basically. I mean, it's just unheard of to be negotiating a contract with a guy that has led the program to two frozen fours. It's coming off one of the most successful seasons in, in program history without winning a national title. But yeah, you would think it all stems from this investigation, which started last year in, in September or October. And they're uh, obviously Michigan will, will not comment on the investigation. And there's been no um, findings released from that investigation yet. We've been, we've had multiple FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act requests to get some of those documents and they've been denied citing privacy concerns. So I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, right now there's just not a lot we know, and, and hopefully soon we can get a few answers as to what what the contract will be like and if there will be any fallout from this investigation. I, I know this is a different situation, obviously, but if you've been following Ward Manuel, Michigan athletic, Michigan's athletic director the last couple of years, you've learned that he kind of operates under his own timeline. You saw that with the Jim Harbaugh contract negotiations too, which, which bled into basically Jim's final year of his deal, which... Again, it's typically unheard of for a coach who wasn't maybe a, a sitting duck so or lame duck. So it, it is odd. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a, a probably unprecedented, especially with a coach of this success. It's not like Mel Pearson's coming off like an awful year and, and you know, the team isn't doing well. I mean, heck, they made the Frozen Four. So it's, it's certainly a different predicament. It's interesting. Um, the fact that the clock has run out tells me, and again, you can probably speak to this more than, than I can, Zook, but like they're probably waiting on this, this, the results of this investigation to come out. Um, but the fact that he's still there and they haven't necessarily told him to go away um, certainly is, you know, is, a, is a good sign, I guess, for his, his future in Ann Arbor. It, it just doesn't seem like it's a good look, though, for Michigan to, to draw this out this long. I mean, they, uh, they're the University of Michigan's Equity, Civil Rights, and Title IX office has like a a guideline they want to follow of 100 to complete investigations within 180 days. That timeline has long been passed. So it's like, what, what are they discovering now that they couldn't discover back then? I mean, how much has changed since then? So it, it's, it's tough to comment on without like knowing the extent of the investigation because we're not privy to that information yet. But it's just from, from afar, it doesn't look like a, a great look. And it's not like these accusations aren't aren't serious. I mean, there's, it, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but the, the accusations summarized in, in the, uh, in the report, or, I mean, head coach Mel Pearson instructing students to lie on their COVID-19 mm-hmm. tracing forms before they had to withdraw from their 2021 2021 NCAA tournament opener. Um, Pearson and director of hockey operations, Rick Bancroft discriminating against female staffers and creating a toxic work environment for female support staff. Uh, Pearson retaliating against a student athlete for raising concerns about the hockey, hockey team's culture and Bancroft knowing about sexual misconduct committed by the late athletic doctor, Robert Anderson. So yeah, obviously some serious allegations there and, and we'll see what happens when, when the report comes out, but yeah, it's, it's been an interesting off season for Michigan too, not even just with the coaches, but all the players that they lost. They've lost uh, I think six draft picks, including five first rounders, and had three seniors sign pro pro deals as well. So a lot of turnover on the roster and, and um, yeah, some, some coaching stuff to still work, work out. It's weird. I mean, it is a big time sport at Michigan and it's, but it's almost like, uh, you know, it's not football. It's not men's basketball. You know, they can, they can kind of, kind of do some of this, you know, uh, it can, it can get by that the fact that this is dragged out and that, you know, they, they, they're operating without a, uh, head coach under contract right now. It's just, it is, it is strange. No doubt about it. And you wonder if, if, I mean, that with the fact that Pearson is under investigation right now, that probably limited his options elsewhere too. So he's kind mm-hmm. of at, at the expense of the university right now. He's knowing like, Hey, this is probably my best option right now until, until any investigation comes out. Cause I'm sure teams would have concerns about hiring him without, uh, without any reports being released. So yeah, wild situation. It's something you don't see every day. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's let's switch gears and kind of close here with uh, 
the NFL draft, which took place uh, last weekend. Um, you know, I know you guys had previewed it, talked about, you know, some of the, you know, Wolverines that, that, that might go. Um, well, let's just break it down first. Five Michigan players taken. Is that correct? Yep, five. Let's not talk about how many we predicted, or at least <laughs> I, me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I won that contest again, Duke. <laughs> oh man, I am just I, I'm not participating next year. Gotcha. Well, you got you got Aiden Hutchinson going uh, number two overall to the Detroit Lions. No, no surprise there. You had uh, Daxon Hill going late in the first round. Uh, ends up with the Cincinnati Bengals. David Ojabo, you know, after the Achilles injury, he, we knew he'd fall, and he ends up in Baltimore. What know, a fit! What with, a fit! <laughs> you know, with with John Harbaugh's head coach, with Mike McDonald back there uh, on, on staff, who you know, of course, coached him last year at Michigan, and um, with his like childhood best friend on the team. Too. The, correct, <laughs> like, and that I mean just. Right. So much going on there. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, in the second round is where he, he ends up. Um, and then, and then you had, you had a pretty big gap before, um, uh, two more were taken, I guess, you know, both of you can kind of shed some light on, on the two guys that were taken, and then we can get into some of the others that, that weren't. I, I should have predicted last week that the, either the, the Ravens or the, the Patriots would take a, a Michigan player because it seems like every year it happens and it's like clockwork. Um, yeah. You know, the first three guys you mentioned were a big surprise. So we spent most of the podcast last week kind of talking about them and where they might go in the rounds and everything else. And that about shaked out what we expected it to be. Um, Aiden going number two, I think, wasn't a big surprise. By the time the draft rolled around, the, the winds were blowing and Trayvon Walker's favorite to go number one. And everything we had gathered, even going back to the combine in Indianapolis, was that the Lions loved Aiden Hutchinson. And then if he was still on the board when they had their number two pick, they were going to take him. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So it was it was a natural fit there. He stays home. Kind of bizarre. You, you've got this high-profile player who spent who has spent his legitimate, his entire football career in the state of Michigan, played at, at Divine Child, uh, played at Michigan. Now he's going to play for the Lions. It's pretty incredible. Um, Ajabo, yeah, I, I'm, I was really surprised. I'm not, I guess not surprised. Um, I guess happy for him, you know, given that the injury, given everything that happened with the injury, um, you know, but I guess it's not a surprise. Mike McDonald's very familiar with what he can do. Uh, probably, I'm sure he lobbied hard for that pick. Um, and, and yeah, it was, uh, I, I guess fewer guys went day three or later on than I expected. I thought maybe they'd get at least one or two more that went, but at the same time, not surprised. I mean, a lot of those guys I had questions marks on. Um, you didn't know, there was a long, a, a huge range of where they could have went. And when there's a big range like that, it's usually not a good sign for, you know, their, uh, their ceiling. Well, I mean, I feel like Michigan always has a handful of guys and, and they so, sometimes they go before their range. Like, I mean, yeah, like we've said, like Ben Mason and, and whatnot from, from previous years going probably earlier than, than expected. But yeah, I mean, as son Haskins going the fourth round to the Tennessee Titans at number 131 overall, and then Andrew Stuber going in the seventh round, uh, number 245 overall to the New England Patriots. And I mean, for, for Hassan, at first glance, you're like, well, he's a, a power type back and typically, and now he's joining a backfield with probably the best power back in one of the best power backs in NFL history with, with Derrick Henry. Um, so you would think that they would kind of like let the thunder lightning duo um, and they would go for a, more of a stat back to compliment Henry, but it looks like, yeah, I mean, Haskins is going to go go there, and they're going to have quite the the punch there with with Haskins and and uh, Henry is uh, two power backs. 
Yeah, probably not a bad fit either. You got the mentor right. mentee type situation there, and he can learn from him. And it might, you know, might, Sam may not see the field right away. I guess we'll see. Um, you never know with running backs, it's always tough, but uh, you know, he's it's probably not a bad situation for him either. I thought he went maybe a little earlier than maybe expected, um, but good, good for him. I mean, he got, you think he'd get drafted, he was coming off the angle injury, he didn't do a ton at the combine, so. Uh, he didn't have a ton of workout available. I, I think he did some stuff at Pro Day, but I don't think he did everything. So, um, you know, good day. Andrew Struber went later than I expected. I thought he'd be that, you know, third, fourth, fifth round guy. He went late, but he still got drafted. So overall, it was a decent showing for Michigan. I, I think they're probably hoping for a couple more guys to get in there, um, you know, especially maybe Josh Ross. Um, but looking at or Chris Hinton, who, who left school early. Yeah, you, you start to draft. you wonder, and I spoke to him last week for a story, and he told me that he was hoping to go third round. At least that's what he was hearing. That's what he was being told. Um, but as we've known, we've learned with these NFL draft situations, guys are often I wasn't given bad advice, but they're told one thing, and sometimes the other thing happens. So, uh, yeah, he, Chris is going to have to try and latch on here and, and try and get on a team, or excuse me, get on the practice squad and last a while. He's got the body, he's got the athleticism, um, but you know, getting drafted certainly after leaving early probably isn't isn't a good feeling for him. Yeah. So Stuber goes. Yeah, it was uh, kind of mid late seventh round to to the Patriots. Um, but yeah, then then others, as you said, somewhat, if not surprising, just as a whole, that you didn't get at least one other player there. Maybe none of the individual players. Shocking. Um, but, you know, they do. They did. You did have several guys, including others we haven't even mentioned yet, um, you know, land land deals to get into training camp and, and try to try to make a roster. Yeah, I mean, we got cornerback uh, Vincent Grace heading to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, defensive tackle Donovan Jeter, which I was ca- kind of surprised how quickly he caught on with the team. Uh, he, he signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, safety Brad Hawkins is headed to the Atlanta Falcons. And yeah, Josh Ross is going to the Ravens as well. So that, that Ravens Michigan pipeline is is still very, very strong. The Steelers are also another NFL yeah. franchise that love Michigan guys. So it's, I guess it's not a surprise to see a guy go there as well. Uh, they're very tight with the Harbaugh. Mike Tomlin's very tight with the Harbaugh family. He respects them and, and you know, in a way, Michigan's developed a very good pipeline for, you know, certain NFL franchises. And the more they have, the better, you know, selling points they have to some of these, these high school kids that are looking to go, you know, become eventually become pros. For sure. And, and then the last guy that, that caught on with the NFL team a day later was was Dalen Baldwin, the receiver. Um, first, who only played one year at Michigan, but he's got some some pretty good size there for for a wide out. So he's headed to the to the New York Giants. So overall, eleven guys that are, are moving on to the, to the pros, and we'll we'll see how many stick to when final rosters are announced after training camp. But a lot of guys will be getting an opportunity. Dalen's another interesting name. He's got a good body. He's got good size. He just needs to stay healthy. And I think if he can do that, he'll, he'll have an opportunity. He's got good hands, as we saw at Michigan. Uh, you know, he probably needed another year just, just to play an entire season. Obviously, didn't get it. Um, you know, He had a raw deal in the offseason, too. Didn't get invited to anything. I mean, they didn't go to the Senior Bowl. Didn't go to the HBCU um, you know, thing at the Senior Bowl. Didn't do much of anything. So he, he didn't have a lot of exposure to NFL teams. It certainly hurt him. Um, but again, there'll be another opportunity where he'll have a oppor- uh, chance to catch on, you know, in a practice squad or whatever the case may be, if, if he can try and you know, get through the offseason. Well, he didn't get invited to those places probably because he didn't do much last year. <laughs> I mean, with it was a crowded receiver room and he only had 17 catches for 256 yards. And I mean, even though his playing time increased later in the year, he only had five catches. And I think the last five or six games and four of those came in one game. So he was on the field a decent amount late in the year, but, but wasn't really a, a viable option for, for quarterback, for the quarterbacks. 
Well, I'm glad you mentioned him, though. I thought you were about to forget him. And, uh, you know, a former Wolverine confidential guest. We can't can't forget Dalen Baldwin. No, no, uh, no. So there you go. That that recaps uh, the Wolverines in the NFL draft. Um, and again, a lot, lot to break down um, on this episode. And we'll uh, have continued coverage, of course, on MLive.com slash Wolverines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>